Well, a good Wednesday afternoon, Saskatchewan. I'm Jamie Nye. This is the Green Zone. Hope you're enjoying the day as the temperatures rise throughout the day and rise throughout the evening. And you should have seen the look on my daughter's face as I drove her to school this morning when it was minus 20-something. And I said, it's going to be 30 degrees warmer tomorrow. She's like, what? I'm like, yep, welcome to Saskatchewan. It's minus, well, was, I think it was minus 22 or something at the time. Like, yeah. Plus seven maybe tomorrow? This is a weird province. But if it's going to be plus seven every February 29th, can we just make this a permanent thing? Can we just do the heck with the leap year and screw with the uh, clock and schedules and calendars and just have the February 29th every year if it's going to be seven degrees? What a weird, weird weather province uh, we live in. Uh, But, yes, a little bit of a wind chill uh, this morning. Not so much coming tomorrow. Of course, on the Green Zone today, we will announce the first winner of the Green Zone Community Coach for February. And if you haven't nominated somebody, you can do so at cjme.com, cko.m.com, and maybe we'll announce them next month as the Green Zone Community Coach. They get a $100 gift card from Source for Sports and some recognition on the great work they do. So in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll tell you who the first Green Zone Community Coach is. Also coming up on the Green Zone today, a double take with Daryl Davis. He's got a few things he would like to discuss, including his uh, Detroit Red Wings going to the playoffs. The Canadian Football Hall of Fame meetings went down this week. Any predictions on who will be in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame? He never tells me because it's sworn to secrecy. It's a very secret society, this Canadian Football Hall of Fame, and I can understand it. You don't want me going on the air and saying, Blank is making it to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame before they know. Oh, to be on the inside of those meetings to decide who deserves their bust at the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. We'll also be talking to Michael Link later, one of the organizers for the 3x3 basketball tournament coming to Saskatoon. It is a, a women's event right after the Olympic Games in Paris. It'll be the first international uh, three-on-three basketball tournament. And it'll be in Saskatoon this summer, as well as other events going on on what they're calling the YXE Urban Games. And some new Olympic sports will be highlighted. Breakdancing, speed climbing, and many more when it comes to the YXE Urban Games coming this summer. Enoch Mwamba is going to join us. Likely a future Canadian Football Hall of Famer, but he just announced his retirement, so he'll have to wait three or four more years until he gets that call. Former Saskatchewan Rough Rider on his great career, Josh Getzoff's going to join us of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And could we see life with the Pittsburgh Penguins with Sidney Crosby playing somewhere else? I don't believe it, but you never know. His contract is up after next season. And who knows what Kyle Dubas will do as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But the talk is already starting about, could could we see Sidney Cross? Maybe he wants to chase another cup, and he looks around and Pittsburgh says, I'm not going to do that here. See you later. That could be his choice as well. Although I don't see him doing that with the amount of cups he's already won with the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's not like he's 
a Jerome McGinley who's trying to find his first one. And speaking of Jerome McGinley and Sidney Crosby, they combined for something beautiful 14 years ago. Niedermeyer regroups. Crosby over the line. Sidney Crosby can't bust in. Up with it again. He's on the ice with Aginla. Aginla stopping. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. And Canada has once in a lifetime Olympic gold. You get goosebumps too, listen to that. 14 years ago today. And of course, when you will you listen, I love this clip so much because you listen closely. We can't bust in. Up with it again. He's on the ice with a Ginlock. Right there. On the ice with a Ginlock. You hear Sidney Crosby yell, Iggy! So loud, the microphones actually picked it up before he scored the golden goal. And. Earlier this year, Jerome McGinley was on the Green Zone talking about that moment. We know the moment. Iggy! Iggy! Was that the loudest a teammate has ever screamed in your hockey career when Crosby yelled your name along the boards and you passed it to him for the golden goal? Oh, yeah, it was it was loud, and it was uh, it's that urgency that he had, too, right? Like, it's like, I got to try to get it because he's got a chance. He's not yelling like that if it's a two-on-two or whatever. He has a chance. I have to try to do everything I can to get it to him. And, um, you know, fortunately uh, I did. But that was one of – and he he awesome shot, great release, you know, Crosby stuff. But that was one of the coolest uh, experiences. Um, you know, you imagine on an outdoor rink and you, you think of – like we were like peewee kids after. And it was like, you know, before we go out there for the overtime, how nervous, excited – knowing that it's going to be a part of history in, in one way or the other. And to get to do that in Canada as a team and, and uh, be that close. And um, it was it was really, really cool. Very blessed to be a part of So, the greatest goal in Canadian hockey history. I will debate it to the end of my days. That Olympic gold in Vancouver, the greatest goal scored in Canadian hockey history. And I, oh, I can hear the 1972ers out there in a made-up exhibition tournament with a bunch of -of out-of-shape NHLers who didn't even have the best players because some of the WHA guys weren't allowed to play. And all communism would have won. It would have been the end of the world if Paul Henderson didn't score that goal. This is me rolling my eyes. As if Canada was the only one fighting Russia in communism. I, I think they had some other people they're up against outside of just a hockey team from Canada. But I digress. So, yes, we'll talk a little bit about where you were 14 years ago. It was myself, my buddy Travis and Dave, just us three, and Shadow the Cat. That's We were just watching that game, scared the bleep out of the cat when that goal went in, I tell you that on the uh, golden goal uh, for Canada on this day 14 years ago. But coming up next, a new controversy, ladies and gentlemen, in the province. Have you heard the latest controversy that's taken social media by storm? A ticket campaign from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that cited something known as girl math. 
And if you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about when it comes to girl math, oh, I did some research. Apparently, this is something on TikTok. I got a Starbucks today that was four ninety. Anything under five dollars feels like it's pretty much free. Girl math. Returned something at Zara for fifty dollars. Bought something else that was a hundred dollars. It only cost me fifty dollars. Girl math. Even like tickets that I buy months in advance. I show up to the concert and I'm like, this was like a free concert, right? Girl math. It is a TikTok viral campaign that the riders went, hey, to appeal to an audience on TikTok who know what the heck girl math is. Let's do a little bit of a ticket blitz. And of course, oh, you betcha, people are offended. Are you? That's next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Champion Knight with you here on the Green Zone. Girl math has a lot of people ticked off in Rider Nation today. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, sent a email to season ticket holders about buying tickets with girl math. Again, if you're like, what the heck is girl math? Anything under $5 is free. Anything I buy with a gift card is free. If I buy something, but then I return it, I've made money. Going to an event or a concert is free because I purchased the tickets so long ago, it like doesn't even count. I load my Starbucks app in advance, so Starbucks is free. Anything discounted more than 50% is free, and I like am losing money by not getting it. If I don't buy something, like if I don't buy a pair of shorts for $50, like I've made $50, and I can then go spend $50 on something else. So this is a TikTok thing. It started months ago on girl math, which is coming up with convoluted mathematics to twist the fact you just want to buy something and defend the purchase. That's all it is. The one example I saw was buying a hair uh, dryer um, for $650 one of the fancy ones, you use it three times a year. That's like 150 times a year. So really, if you get it two years out of it, it's only like $2 because of girl math. It is lighthearted and fun, and it is a TikTok campaign that has started. And people are having fun with it. And the writers thought, let's have some fun with it. Who, what's an audience the Rough Riders would love to have come to their stadiums? People who are on TikTok who are under the age of 60 years old. That's where they need to market themselves. They need younger people to show up. So what do they do? They see a viral TikTok thing and go, how can we have fun with it? I just got an email from the Riders' ticket office apologizing. Yesterday, we sent an email to you that missed the mark. But as I read this apology, and they unequivocally apologize, it goes right to my point on why I wasn't offended. This email, intended to be playful, was imagined, developed, and deployed by women within our marketing team. I know the people that work for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I see these young talented women all the time when I head over to Mosaic Stadium. I know what they're trying to do. And there was something else in this apology 
And it comes on this. However, we fail to recognize that the sentiments captured would not necessarily be perceived as coming from the creativity of women on our team and that our online voice is one that is largely considered to be male. And that came right to the bottom line of this whole thing. It's right away assumed that it's Craig Reynolds and a bunch of guys around their boardroom going, <laughs> this is funny. It wasn't. These are talented, independent women who see a viral TikTok campaign that cuts right to the core audience they would like to appeal to to do what? Bring in younger people into the stadium because that's what we need in the Canadian Football League to thrive. So let's get campaigns together that are fun. Maybe poke a little bit of fun here and there and do just that. But no, everybody's got to take everything so damn seriously like it was concocted by a bunch of dudes who thought it would be funny to make fun of women. That is nothing to do with what happened in this campaign. So, yeah, I wasn't all that offended when I saw it because I know who the people are who created this. And the fact they have to apologize for it is ridiculous to me. Like, that's where I go, do a little more research, people. Instead of just seeing something going, boom, offended, girl math, how offensive is that? How out of touch? It was fun and playful. That's what it was. And there are some other things people are offended about. Take the stairs, get your seltzer. Um great opportunity to have matching outfits. And on that point, I'm like, come on. Guys and women do that. Bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. Heck, the cheer moms that my wife is a part of, they got matching shirts this season to cheer on the girls. It says, in my cheer mom era, it's a Taylor Swift knockoff. But it's, oh my goodness. However, the the apology that came from the Rough Riders, probably one of the better apologies uh, written. And that apology came from, oh, let me see here. Um, oh, yeah, Jacqueline Hurlbert. Uh, Jacqueline is the director of marketing for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Or are you just so aghast that they tried to have a little fun on a viral TikTok campaign? Hashtag girl math. Jamie and I with you here in the Green Zone on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, thanks for the text saying, Jamie, now you're mansplaining. I appreciate that. find that hilarious. There are some laughing emojis with the tongue sticking out and everything else. Um, Johanna in Estevan. OMG, Jamie, I laughed my off when I saw the TikTok girl math video about buying the concert tickets months in advance. When I saw the Riders ad, my first thought was, nailed it! God, people, lighten up and have some fun. And another text in said, sorry, but fun and playful has officially died. That might be true, unfortunately. And I get it. There are lines you don't cross. Heck, we went through the experience Regina thing. 
but the girl math viral video TikTok campaign that was been going on, and I, you listen to them explain, and I I'm smiling when I hear the videos of them explaining anything under five dollars is free. If I buy a ticket to a concert months in advance, when I go to that concert, it was free. If I take something back and get $50 in return and buy something for 100 I have saved $50. Like you li- I Sorry, I found it funny. But missed the mark for a lot of their fans. But in the apology, as they say, our, our voice on online is perceived to be male. And that in itself is uh, telling, isn't it? You're apologizing that the fan base perceives whatever you say, send, whatever, is in a male voice. That's troubling in itself. But I digress. Uh, Daryl Davis uh, will uh, weigh in on this as well, coming up when we go uh, do a double take with uh, Daryl Davis. He'll also talk about his Detroit Red Wings, etc. cetera, at 335. But right now, we're going to talk a little Pittsburgh Penguin hockey, the future of Sidney Crosby, what they're going to do at the deadline, what can Kyle Adubas actually do with 12 no-trade clauses going into the deadline. Josh Getzoff is the play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Last night, overtime victory in Vancouver, Josh. But it was, a, a, for Canadian hockey fans, a cool moment to have Sidney Crosby back in Vancouver the day before what is today, of course, Josh, the 14th anniversary of the Golden Goal. Yeah, I would say so, Jamie. Uh, that was uh, that was probably, you know, from a Canadian perspective, you could speak to it better than me. I'm an American, but uh, one of the more memorable hockey moments ever. But uh, I actually was fortunate enough to, to be in the building that day when that happened. I was working for NBC uh, as a runner on their television broadcast side, and I uh, was standing right behind Doc Emmerich and Eddie Olchick when uh, Sidney Crosby slipped that past Ryan Miller and the entire city of Vancouver, but entire country of Canada went ballistic. So uh, that was uh, certainly a fond memory to, to look back on just as a hockey fan. Um, and, man, what, what memories that man has given this sport throughout his entire career. Yeah, he got a great ovation last night in Vancouver, even though he was on the opposing team. Of course, uh, uh, but Josh, when you look at where the Pittsburgh Penguins are, uh, they're one of those franchises going into the trade deadline. We're watching closely going, what are they going to do here, Uh, Josh? What do you think? You get to uh, talk to, of course, the general manager and the coach on a regular basis. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll be honest with you. I think it still is up in the air as far as what they're going to do. And I really do believe, Jamie, that this road trip that they're on right now is the defining uh, moment for where they're going to go. They're, you know, they're they're uh, eight points, or excuse me, seven points back of Philadelphia for the third spot in the Metro, which of course is a guaranteed playoff spot. But they have four games in hand on the Flyers, so you know the map there speaks to them controlling their own destiny still, as far as getting into the postseason is concerned. Of course, they're without some serious pieces right now. I mean, Jake Kensel, the name was at the front of every rumor. Uh, is not eligible to even come back into a lineup, whether he's in Pittsburgh or elsewhere, until March 10th, which is after the deadline, because um, he's injured from a game against Florida earlier this month. And Brian Russ was injured in that win against Philadelphia 
uh, on Sunday. And Mike Sullivan said yesterday he's week to week. So uh, there's there's a bit of uh, uncertainty as far as what his estimated return time would be to this Penguins lineup. But with that being said, they go into Vancouver, a team that had only lost five or six times all year on home ice, uh, and erased two deficits in the game to win an overtime last night with a pretty depleted roster. So uh, that shows me that this group has not given up hope. This group feels like they can get there and that anything is possible. I'm inclined to agree with them, just being around them as much as I am. But getting there is going to be a hell of a hill to climb because uh, you're going to have to leapfrog a few teams. You're going to have all these head-to-head games. And really what's looming is a uh, 16-game in 28-day month of March uh, that will be a gauntlet, uh, not just from the opponent perspective, but from just the quantity uh, and consistency of game perspective that they're about to endure. So uh, it's about to get really, really, you know, pedal meets the road here and, and figure out, you know, where they stand in the mix of things. But this road trip they're on right now, which started off right last night in Vancouver, um, certainly I think sets the tone for what direction they go coming out of it. When we look at this, Josh, at the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are on the outside looking in now, how much can Kyle Dubas actually do to recalibrate the Penguins until the contracts of Melkin and Crosby and Carlson and Latang come up in the next, what do we got, two, three, four, and five years respectively? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I hesitate to call those contracts handcuffs because Sidney Crosby, as we know, is still performing at a ridiculous rate, and honestly, it's still a discount compared to what he's making. When you look around the league at other guys doing the same thing, uh, Chris Letang's had a fantastic year for the Penguins. Um, Eric Carlson, I think it's it, you know they're paying him ten million dollars, a lot against the cap. He does do a lot of good things. He also can have a high element of risk to his game. And I think Evgeny Malkin, it's fair to say, has seen a steady drop uh, in the level that he's played at this year compared to years past. But with that being said, those guys aren't the problem. The problem has been uh, some of those deeper guys in the lineup that have not produced as well as I think the Penguins would have hoped for or envisioned or kind of charted out uh, when they made their acquisitions. The problems have been some of these guys uh, on the back end that I think, you know, for example, I don't want to single him out without mentioning anyone else, but Ryan Graves is a guy that was brought in, and I think everyone was excited. I mean, we saw plenty of him in New Jersey uh, that he could potentially be a guy to fill Brian Dumoulin's spot right alongside Chris Letang, give you a bigger body, give you uh, a little bit more size on your back end. Uh, and he's a bigger body, and he gives them more size, but I think his overall performance has been uh, a bit of a letdown. And Riley Smith is another guy that came over, obviously won the Cup with Vegas last year, and uh, he's getting a chance now to play with Sidney Crosby with uh, Brian Rust and Jake Gensel out of the lineup. But um, just another guy that I think has had a really up-and-down and streaky season, and right now it's been a little bit better the last handful of games, but for the most part had been on a downward slope there before this you know, last couple of weeks of action. So... Um, I think that it's really not those guys at the top. It's more so the secondary guys. And, and honestly, Jamie, that's, that's been the issue even before they missed the playoffs last year. These last couple of seasons, they just haven't had that depth step up. And until that starts to happen, um, they're going to be kind of you know recycling the same story here. But uh, I guess the other way to look at it, though, is these last couple of games, you have gotten a lot of depth scoring with guys out of the lineup. And last night, as I mentioned, doing it against a team like Vancouver, who had their number one guy in, and Thatcher Demko, and you put four past them, uh, that's, that's something to build off of for sure.
Uh, we started with Crosby and the Golden Goal. Um, of course, uh, talk radio guys like me all of a sudden look at that last year of his contract. And let's be honest, $8.7 million for Sidney Crosby over the last eight years has been the steal of the National Hockey League and probably will be the steal of the National Hockey League forevermore on a very team-friendly contract from uh, Sidney Crosby as the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins, which allowed them uh, to win the Stanley Cups they have. But he can renegotiate a new extension. He will stick around to play in the Olympics. But uh, how much Crosby do we have left? And do you think it's a guarantee it's in Pittsburgh? Uh, I I think we have, I I hate to put a year on it, but I think we have as long as Sidney Crosby wants to have left. Let's put it that way. He plays at such a high level, and he's so impactful that it's just hard for me to see him stepping away from the game any time in the near future. And I don't, like I said, I don't want to put a year on it, but, I mean, if we're saying two, three years, I think it's more than that before he's done. Um, I, I don't think that this contract is by any stretch the end of his career. It's just the end of his current contract. What I could see him doing is something like Patrice Bergeron just did with Boston um, and re-upping you know, year to year or, or smaller deals with some incentives uh, to give the Penguins flexibility because he does want to win. He does want to stay in Pittsburgh. Those things are both true. Um, and sometimes they're not going to be mutually exclusive if the Penguins are in the middle of a retool or reload or whatever the buzzword is people want to use. Um, so there, there, you know, is that thought, of course, that will he stay in Pittsburgh is always going to enter the conversation, especially as these next couple seasons tick away. But uh, I, I personally, um, from what I've seen and witnessed, would be stunned if he did not finish his career in Pittsburgh um, because I think that the Penguins and he – have such a, a fondness for each other and such a, an identity with each other. Um, you know, I guess, you know, never say never, right? Wayne Gretzky was traded, as they always say. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just hard for me to believe it would, it would ever come to that point for him here. I think it, it would be hard for 99.9% of hockey fans to even picture Sidney Crosby in something other than uh, black, yellow, and white uh, with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. That is uh, for sure. Uh, Josh, thank you so much uh, for your time, and uh, hope you enjoyed uh, Vancouver, even though I made you reminisce about, uh, for an American, uh, not a friendly night in Vancouver from 14 years ago. Hey, you know what? I was a, I was a young uh, buck during that, that Olympic run, Jamie, and that was, uh, for, for a hockey fan, when you look past the fact that the Americans lost, that was as cool of the sporting experiences I've ever been exposed to in my life. And, uh, you know, I wish it was the Americans who put it in, but given where I ended up being and, and who I ended up working with, I think it, uh, it worked out okay that it was that guy. Cause man, what a, what a special person, special hockey player and, uh, incredible memory that, that uh, went down in this city 14 years ago today. Safe travels around the uh, western part of, uh, of course, Seattle tomorrow, and then uh, Calgary and Edmonton before we're back home in Pittsburgh, and it should be an interesting week or so with the Penguins. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Thanks, Jamie. That is Josh Getzoff, the play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And coming up next, this day in sports history, as we've just discussed, where were you when? February 28, 2010, Olympic gold medal ice hockey game, Canada versus the United States as Vancouver played host to the Olympics. We'd love to hear your stories at one 332 8255 right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. 
Welcome back to the Green Zone. Before we get to this day in sports history, we have some ticket giveaways uh, here for the Briar. This is for Draw 5, the uh, Sunday afternoon. Saskatchewan will be on the ice this coming Sunday at the Briar. And it comes with Briar Patch VIP area access as well. So we have four pairs to give away today and tomorrow. We're giving half away on the Jamie and I, the Facebook page. So if you would like to win some tickets to the Briar, you can go to Jamie and I, the sports guy on Facebook. Give us a follow and a like. We'll pick a winner from there. Or you can play along here with a trivia question today for two of the pairs. 1980, Rick Folk won the Briar. The last time a team representing Saskatchewan has won the Briar. Since 1980, three Saskatchewan-born skips have won the Briar as skip. Name all three of the Saskatchewan-born skips who have won the Briars skip since 1980 when Rick Folk did it, representing Saskatchewan. Yes, they're trying to end the drought, is Team McEwen this year at the Briar. Text us at 1-877-332-8255 with your name, where you're from, and your answer. And we'll give those tickets away later this afternoon. Everbridge Farm remembers... And after 22 years, on this day in sports history, yes, February 28th, where were you when 2010? Sneedemeyer regroups. Crosby over the line. Sidney Crosby can't bust in. Up with it again. He's on the ice with Aginla. Aginla striping. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. And Canada has once in a lifetime Olympic gold. Yes, where were you when? Uh, Let us know. We'd love to share your stories. Darby saying, my story, not very interesting. I was home watching the game, calling to update my husband while he was ice fishing. In 2002, Olympic memories of leaving Saskatoon after a conference that I had attended, and we quit early because people wanted to watch the final game. Headed down Highway 11 on a very eerie, foggy drive. I could have counted the vehicles on the road between Saskatoon and the Lumsden turnoff. I arrived at our farm, and my son came out of the house and said that the game was just starting, and, of course, the rest was history. 